I had a struggle this week. I knew last week exactly what I wanted to preach. After I had spoken about uh, what I spoke about last week, which was, for those of you who weren't here, about essentially we, when we hear God, it's not just good enough to ask to hear God. You have to, there's a response that's necessary. If you don't do anything, then it's actually, you might as well not have even heard. And so action is what we have to give as a gift, if you like. And so I had organized uh, something quite amazing to speak to you this week, and I was going to go back to the first, second, and third century and take you on a little ride through the way that some of the theology developed and why, and what it, why some of it was called heresy and why not. And it was, I thought, pretty good. Um, but it's one of those weeks where I had done a lot of work on it and I had really put this thing together and then was increasingly uneasy that um, this was right. So by yesterday morning, I abandoned it. And I thought, well, it's Sunday, first day of Advent. Uh, I'll do something on hope. And there was just no traction at all. Nothing. And I thought... Went out last night, and I still, I had a couple of things floating around in my head, but and I got up really early this morning, and I think this is what God is saying to us. And I knew Gail was going to do this uh, little clip that she did, and she, I didn't know exactly how she was going to do it. But I want to read, to begin with, from this passage that Lynette's going to throw up on the overhead now. And it's from Romans 12, but this isn't the one that we normally use. This is the message. And although you are busy reading it, I want to take you back to the beginning because I want to stop at a particular place. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Full stop. Message. The message. The reason I want to stop there is because Gail has highlighted the whole thing of gift. And if you, if you stop and think, we know we talk about Christmas and there's this powerful commercial drive and we are all sucked into it. And we just move from the, the Black Friday Thanksgiving thing straight into the Christmas thing, straight into February where it's where it's um, Halloween, no, Valentine's Day, um, same thing. Um, <laughs> there, there, then there's Mother's Day and Father's Day, and then there's, I mean, it's just, there's a, there's a relentless barrage. And all the energy is sucked out of the meaning. And we, we, we talk about Santa Claus or Saint Nicholas or Father Christmas it comes from a there, is a, there is a historic root to it. In the third century, beginning of the third century, in 200 and something, 220 or 30 AD, in southern, what is now southern, southwestern Turkey, Turkey, what they call themselves now, there was a, a thriving church. And there was a young man who was born to Greek parents who were followers of Jesus. 
um, they both died in one of the epidemics that were rampant throughout the Roman Empire at the beginning of the third century. And he was left as a young man, but they had brought him up in the faith. Anyway, to cut this really amazing story right down to the essence, his name was Nicholas. And he became bishop of a little town on the southern western shore of um, Turkey, above Crete area, and was known as one of the most generous men of all time. And people would put their shoes out at night, and he would walk through the town at night and put little things and money in. Anyway, the point is that he was a man of enormous generosity. And here was the seeds of what's come to be known and, and has been sort of uh, appropriated and given all sorts of other names. But this was a father to the people. And his name was Nicholas, Bishop Nicholas. And I, I would like, and this is really the heart and soul of what I would say this morning, I would like us to be a generous people. A people who, 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 who overturn the current narrative of what we are fed day in and day out. It's all about what do you want to get? It's how much can I get? I was reading this week in a totally different context um, in, in two articles on um, degrowth, the movement that is starting, because we cannot keep on with, with ongoing growth. I'll come to that later next year sometime maybe. But, but we want to have more. And what happens is that when we look at Jesus and we look at, say, Philippians 2, and you've got himself emptying, there's a sense of him undoing what he has by right and giving himself away to us that we might have life. And I looked at this and I thought, actually, you know what? Gail's going to talk about the fact is that we look to get gifts or give gifts that are whatever. And they'll probably be unwrapped and half of them will probably be ignored or not used or they'll be superfluous. But there are gifts that we can give that are undeniably powerful. If you go back into Genesis, for example, there's a lot of gift-giving. Exodus, there is the building. They've come out of Egypt, and they've brought all sorts of things that they've been able to plunder from the Egyptians. But when it comes time to build the tabernacle, the best is given. And there, are, there is a sense in which the building of God's place, or his, the, the place that holds who he is, the, only the best matters. And you get the same thing when it comes to David and Solomon and the building of the first temple, is that there is a lavishness about the gifts that are given so that it can be built. And just as an aside, when you come into the New Testament and we are the church, we are God's temple, and we look at that so often as you are the temple of God, and we see it as, well, my body is the temple of God, what he's talking about is this double thing. Yes, it is my body, and I am the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he lives in me, but he lives in us. 
and we are his people. We are the body together corporately, and he inhabits us. And so when it comes to building the body, only the best matters. But what often happens in life is that we give what we need to. We give because we are selfish and broken and we messed up. We give only what we need to. We don't give ourselves. We don't give what's really important. As I was reflecting on this, the, the offerings that Israel brought were called holy. And I believe that when you look at this passage in Romans 12, that there is a sense of the holiness. What is our spiritual act of worship? That holy thing that we give is we give our offering. We give ourselves. Our walking about, is it? No, it's not. But our, our, our eating, drinking, sleeping, working, everyday lives we bring as an offering. The whole of us is brought to him as a gift. And I thought of John 13, uh, John 3, 16. What am I saying, John 13? John 3, 16, where it says, God so loved that he gave. That's the template that actually, when, when Kay says we can give God love, how do we give God love? We give God love by giving. By giving ourselves and, to, and giving so many other things. But it's that sense also of in Luke 11 where, where Jesus says, um, you as fathers know how to give good gifts to your children. And he's using that as the way of, of trying to describe the kind of attitude that you have with your kids. So if you each had to give me a gift this Christmas, there would be an array of different things. And I hope I'm not getting socks and a tie. But who knows? Um, <laughs> but you take time with your kids. How, how much time do we take in terms of the gifts that we give to others? Or do we just do what's necessary? And I'm not talking about necessarily that you are... Anyway, the point I'm trying to make out of this is that Jesus uses this thing of giving gifts to children and the way that we want the best for our children to say, that's the kind of gifts that I give you. I give you the Holy Spirit. I give you my son. Now you have to say, how do we give gifts? What do we give as gifts? When the... And, and, and this, I think, where I'm coming back to now is the whole thing of the Magi as they come with the gifts. They open up their thing and they give gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There's an interesting verse in Proverbs. Proverbs 18.16 talks about the way that gifts open up the way. And they're talking in a fairly... Um, crass way there because it opens up the way with uh, favor to, to other people. And we're not talking necessarily about bribery. We're talking about when you give gifts, it opens up something. And it's not entirely uh, clear in the context, but I thought about it and I thought, actually, that's true. What happens when you give a gift that is really meaningful is it opens up something. Something opens up when you give. And the way that the message puts it is, a gift gets attention. And it does. 
And here's what I thought I would do. I say, what do you think God gives us? What has God given us? We've mentioned some of them. Some of them came out in the prayer. So he gives us, I've said, his son. He gives us his spirit. But what else does he give us? What's he given us? Compassion. Compassion. Love. Forgiveness. 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 Sorry? Gifts of the spirit. Eternal life. Eternal life. Mercy. Identity. Life, love, light, joy, peace. I mean, the list is, it, it, it's a substantial list. It's an amazing list. What are you going to give to God? Yeah, we, you see, what Gail was, I think, trying to say to us was that we need to give ourselves. We give what we can. And I wanted to say to you, yes, but, but how do we give? Kindness. How many of you have seen the movie A Wonderful Life? It's a 1950s movie. And yet it's a perennial favorite. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. You, don't, you won't have to pay for it. But A Wonderful Life is, is actually kind of a slow-moving movie about this guy, George, played by Jimmy Stewart. And um, he forever wants to escape this little town that he grew up in. But there's just one circumstance after another that kind of cuts away at the fact that he cannot escape it. He's... he's He's locked in because of circumstance and various other things. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Well, I, I probably will now, but anyway. He gets to the point where he wants to take his own life, and he's standing on the bridge. And an angel comes to him and speaks to him and shows him how the many little kindnesses that he's done through his life have made such an impact on the people around him. And I was, I was reflecting yesterday on what I'm thankful for, if I had to, for this year, what, are, what, I'm, what am I thankful for? And I was, I got to the end of the day, and it's, it, the day started with one of those brightly black and white wagtails on my, on my back lawn, bobbing his head up and down as he went across my grass. And I just watched him for a while and thought, I'm grateful for these little things that happened. And I stopped and I looked and there was one leaf on my tree that was bright orange. And I thought, it's actually really beautiful. It's, it's often easy to overlook the small things. And, and with George in A Wonderful Life, he gets to see from the perspective of all the people that he's impacted what these small kindnesses have done. And in a sense, the, the ripple of the, the little movie that we saw, this this young, this man who, who just in a, in a spontaneous act of kindness did something, and essentially the whole story of pay it forward and all these other movies that are around this issue, it's a simple act. It's concrete. Do something is what I was saying last week. And I'm saying this is what we have now, is that we can consciously decide to do something. 
I know there's a company in the UK, I heard about this last night, who have given every, everyone in the company 15 pounds. And what has been so amazing is the incredible gratitude that has come back for those 15 pounds. And my first reaction was, 15 pounds? You'd expect something a little bit more than that. And you would think, I suppose most of us, if we got 15 pounds extra in our pay packet, would have thought, oh, okay, great, thanks. But the gratitude for this small thing just highlights how a small gift can have such a major impact. It's like Chris Morney a couple of weeks ago speaking to us about Milton Keynes and saying what is going on there and, and the small acts of generosity and kindness that make a huge difference. So I want to read this again to you and then I want to ask us if we are all of us willing to, to, to um, take up a challenge. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. This week, next week, and up to Christmas. Here's the challenge. You find one way each day of being kind to somebody else, of giving them a gift. And it may be that there's lonely people that you know, and you might just pop around, or take someone something, or write a little note and send it in the post. Mind you, don't send it in the post. Won't get there with the Royal Mail Strike. But point is, be creative and think of what can you do every single day to express some form of gift giving to somebody else, concretely. Your neighbors, how about that? What can you do for your neighbors? You two better pay attention. These two are neighbors. Well, with our last trade seven years. Yes, I know. <laughs> you don't know what impact, as the proverb says, it opens the way. It a gift gets attention. And we need to learn what it is to give good gifts. Put aside a small amount of money and go and buy a couple of little things and, and just think, Lord, who can I give something to? And just go and say, you know, I appreciate you. I Just pray for somebody. Let them know that you're praying. Phone somebody. Reconcile maybe with somebody. There's a gift. Forgive somebody and tell them. I mean, I'm not just talking only concrete things here because sometimes to express kindness and love, we have to undo ourselves. We have to empty ourselves in order to give. And go and watch the movie. Small things, small gifts, small kindnesses but consistently done, have a massive impact. So like Nicholas, Bishop of Green or Griobo, or whatever those little town was in, in Turkey, I forget what it is now, he set the ball in motion for something that still ripples throughout the earth. 
Mother Teresa, she didn't have much, but what she gave made a huge impact. What's in your hand? Let's make a commitment, or I'm making a commitment before you today to do something like that every single day <coughs> over the next four weeks. I have a little sneaking suspicion that if we do, we will be the ones who will be really affected by it.